So Falco is like a runtime behavioral engine that basically helps you from a security perspective that gives you prevention, allows you auditing capability for behavioral you know, monitoring and intrusion. I love speaking and being with end users. It's my favorite thing in the world. I love just sitting down with a customer and saying, I solve this problem this way and I use your solution this way. Tell me what's out there. My favorite part of my day is doing that. It's not being in meetings. You are listening to the Kubelist Podcast, a show interviewing project maintainers for CNCF Sandbox, incubating and graduated projects. We'll discuss each project to understand where it came from and discuss the roadmap and plans to continue the project. Hi, I'm Mark Campbell. I publish the Kubelist weekly newsletter dedicated to Kubernetes and the CNCF ecosystem. I'm the founder and CTO at Replicated, where we enable cloud-native software vendors like Puppet, Harness, HashiCorp, Sneak, and many others to operationalize and scale the distribution of their modern on-prem software. Check us out at replicated.com. The Kubelist podcast is brought to you by Heavybit, a program dedicated to helping startups take their developer products to market. For more information, visit heavybit.com. Finally, sign up for the Kubelist weekly newsletter and read previous issues at kubelist.com. In today's episode, I was joined by Pop from Sysdig. Pop is a CNCF ambassador and runs a great show called The Popcast, where he talks about everything CNCF and infrastructure related. Today, we spend our time talking about Felco, a CNCF incubating project from Sysdig that's designed to help make sure your clusters and containers are secure. Falco is a great layer to add to your infrastructure. You can't be secure without runtime monitoring, and as Dan mentions, the kernel doesn't lie. He explains how Falco integrates into Kubernetes and the underlying Linux kernel to detect these security incidents. We then go on to talk about the current use, both contributors and adopters, and the roadmap to graduation for the Falco project, something that's planned for 2021. If you don't have Falco running in your cluster, hopefully this episode convinces you that you should install it immediately. Hi, I'm here today with Pop from Sysdig. Pop is the director of open source community and ecosystem at Sysdig, and we're here today to talk about Falco. It's an incubation project that Sysdig contributed to the CNCF. Welcome, Pop. Hey, Mark. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. So before we start, I'd just love to talk about your role at Sysdig, you know, what you do, um, what the day-to-day is, and, and anything else you'd like to share. Absolutely. So I am the director of uh, open source ecosystem and community for Sysdig. Prior to that, I was a field CTO. So I was interacting with a lot of end users and how they're utilizing not only the commercial product, but also our open source. We at Sysdig, you know, believe that we have capabilities we built off of our open source core. So if you think about like Loris Dejuani, who was our founder, he was one of the people that put together, you know, TCP dump and Wireshark. He's like a legend. You know, like I was in an interview with him. I'm like, man, you you saved my life on so many occasions. I'm like, you know, I, I feel like I owe you money or something, right? I mean, he's just a fantastic dude. And so, you know, moving off of that kind of field facing role. And this year, you know, I started a podcast called The Popcast. And I was much more immersed in the Kubernetes and cloud native community, getting to interact with like the community. I loved it so much. And I'm like, you know what? I've been on that revenue and field side for a long time, almost, you know, 15 years. And I just, you know, in terms of my career progression, I'm like, I just want to integrate more from that perspective because I love open source. And I was just made a CNCF uh, ambassador. Um, and I think what the CNCF is doing is phenomenal. And so I wanted to be able to do that and also, like, again, integrate my work day job, you know, which is Sysdig. And then, you know, again, this incubated project, as you said, with Falco, being able to take that and grow it out and see if we can graduate with just this amazing set of team, this global team that we have with Falco. So that's a long-winded way of answering somewhat of your question there, but. That's great. Yeah, we're definitely going to dive into some of that a little bit more. And congratulations on being named a CNCF ambassador. That's that's a great responsibility. 
it's an honor. And, and again, it's, you know, like I am so in such respect, you know, God rest his soul. Dan Cohen was a great person and, you know, he inspired that community. He was a New Yorker as I am. And, you know, seeing what Priyanka is doing as well on the team, like, you know, Chris Anishak and all of those folks. I mean, it's just, I feel it's an absolute privilege and I cannot wait this year just to do more with the community. Uh, I was going to double down with what I did with the community in 2020. That's awesome. Yeah, we're both running, you know, podcasts and we both have day jobs that are just totally immersed in the CNCF ecosystem. So that's awesome. Let's get started. Let's dive right into Falco. Um, can you kind of give us a high level and explain what the project is? Sure. So Falco is like a runtime behavioral engine that basically helps you from a security perspective that gives you, you know, prevention, allows you auditing capability for behavioral, you know, monitoring and intrusion. So things like syscalls are being used as the underlying fundamental interface between an application and the kernel. And so syscalls allow you to like basically have the program, like if the program's doing a certain task, like processes or network or file IO or any of those things, those are things that are touching the kernel. So it's the most truest you know, way of getting, you know, details. And so, you know, we have a kernel module that taps into eBPF natively. Again, this is a native infrastructure. There's, you know, I just definitely want to enforce that where, you know, an IP helper that's jumping into the kernel that's able to do things like take suspicious events and send out like things through standard out or files, or even, you know, there's a side project, a fantastic project, which I talk about in a blog. It's a CNCF blog that um, we can link to here. But basically, uh, it's called Falco Sidekick, where you can output to so many different mechanisms. You know, we're talking, like Slack or, you know, PubSub, Kafka, uh, AWS, SNS, those types of things. And so, you know, you have a fault set of things that you can notify. And also you can create these rule sets, you know, macros, conditions, like event types to be able to have it do anything. And like a standard use case that I've seen is like, you know, folks looking like there's a CVE about man-in-the-middle attacks. I think it's called CVE 2020-8554. And that was one where, you know, our security researchers were able to find the way to look at this and be able to see a Falco rule if a service was created with an external IP and give you that audit capability. That's been so valuable for customers that, again, think that, you know, security is only software supply chain, which is great. Having a vulnerability management system that's, you know, blocking those things, it's something we do in the commercial product as well. But doing it at runtime, to me, is something that, like, you need to have. You can't just say, okay, I'm going to rest of my laurels and I'm going to be protected from a vulnerabilities perspective from my pipeline. If I'm running something and I have this kernel capability to be able to see into those things that are wacky, that are out of sorts, and then be able to get notified and then do an action of some sort, that is the most valuable thing you can do. And that's what I think the value of Falco is. Yeah. So it's not to really replace the software supply chain security. It's really security in depth, put security at all the layers and protect that software supply chain. We've definitely all familiar with recent stories around the solar winds, Orion hack and like that problem with the supply chain. But don't just trust that is what you're saying is let Falco actually watch the runtime environment in case there's some other attack that's happening. So I did a talk with Stephen Tarana from Booz Allen at KubeCon this year, and we talk about the complete pipeline. I mean, we're talking all the way from like binary auth to postmortem and, and incident response and then forensics capability. So to me, if you rest on just that, you don't have a complete security solution. And if somebody's telling you that, then they're completely wrong. So if you look at this and you do things like, you know, you know, benchmarking and you do things like uh, of the nodes that are running Kubernetes or, you know, vulnerability management or even compliance like rule sets for like, you know, we just introduced that at Coupon as well is, you know, native Kubernetes, you know, network policy creation and visibility. I mean, those are things you need 
a lot of solutions in one. If you want to, you know, again, there's open source solutions. So if you want to cobble together all of those things, that's fine. You can do that. Or you can have a complete solution in Sysdig. Or, you know, again, from a runtime perspective, you can utilize Falco from an open source perspective to be able to go you know, forth and do whatever you need to do from a security perspective. But ex- I totally agree with you. It's not a single point solution for security. You need a host of other things or you're going to run into exactly what happened um, in that incident. And so you mentioned that it's native in eBPF, but it's a CNCF project. And we talked a lot about Kubernetes already. Help me understand a little bit, like, does it run as a Kubernetes daemon set, a pod? Is it something I have to run on every node? How do I, like, what's the architecture of Falco? So basically we can run as a systemd, you know, as a daemon running on the host itself, right? So you can run it on the online running of a Kubernetes, or you can deploy us as a daemon set and you can deploy via Helm. So for instance, I spin up, you know, through kubeadmin, I set up a cluster. I can very simply run, you know, a manifest to be able to deploy, or I can install on those underlying nodes if I need to. So if you go to falco.org, there's an install capability that shows you how you're able to do that. The, you know, other capability, like I said, if you're spinning it up, you know, if you, let's say you use EKS or AKS or GKE, a managed solution, you can also use Helm to deploy these. And we give you like a default set of rules, which again is very cool. You already get a default set of rules that it like, you know, would protect against you know, what we see as a, a local set of rules. And then you can also create your own rule sets through this Falco rule syntax. So it's very cool. There's, you can even install it as a Red Hat package or a Debian package. We have an installation script. So, or even run it as a Docker container. That's cool that you can actually just cook, cuddle, apply it and get Falco all up and running inside a cluster. So. Oh, it's very cool. Not, not only in kubectl, but you can use like Helm or something like that, or like you know to be able to deploy. We, yeah, I've seen customers and and users in the space and deploy it very quickly from that mechanism. You mentioned in the introduction here that Loris, the CEO of Sysdig, was one of the founders of Wireshark. Um, and so this is like something packet analysis for anybody who's like new into the infrastructure ecosystem in Kubernetes. Wireshark is definitely like a, it's a great tool that most of us used back in the day um, and continue to use in certain cases. Can you help me understand a little bit like how has the Sysdig DNA been baked into like forming Falco? That's a great question. And uh, how it is, is basically, again, if you look at the syscall capability that we have with LinSP and Lidscap, you know, those are basically where we're tapping into the ring buffer capabilities with Capture. And so the underlying story there is there was an end customer that was using Sysdig. And they're like, wow, you know, you're capturing a lot of this information. Like we said, file IO, process, network details. You ever thought about taking this and turning this into some type of behavioral rules set engine? And so utilizing syscalls like that are trapped into ring buffer. I mean, again, if you look at eBPF functions, folks are creating IP like helper applications in the user space. We were doing that before anybody. We even contribute back to eBPF, those capabilities. So like Lorenzo Fontana, one of our amazing developers on the Falco project, he wrote a book on eBPF. So in terms of our kernel module tapping into user space, that's the capability that we have for being able to like go very deep in the kernel. But we've been doing that in an eBPF VM, like a virtual space for a lot longer than you know other tools that are out there. So if you, you mentioned Wireshark, this capability is not just network details. It's literally every single system call that you can then create a rule set that says, I want you to look for this specific system call or utilize the rule sets that we have out of the box. I think that's one of the most powerful things out there. And that's why we're seeing adoption of Falco grow and grow and grow. And I'm just loving it. Just you know, seeing that it came from Loris took a summer off. <laughs> and created this and came back and said, look, this tool is how we should go forward. And it's, it's such a blessing working with that, man. Yeah, that's actually interesting. So Falco didn't exist 
when Sysdig started. Sysdig created this platform. They've been around early in Kubernetes. And then you said Loris took a summer off and actually created it. So that's an interesting story and pretty different than a lot of CNCF projects that created the company out of the project. Well, again, you know, we've always had open source roots, right? So if you look at our, you know, this capability for being able to like parse LinSynP like events, right? And then, you know, donating that back to the CNCF because there wasn't a project out there that was doing runtime capabilities. And I believe that Falco is the default runtime behavioral engine for Kubernetes, period. And not because I work for the company, it's just, just, and also I work with the project and I'm responsible for helping to get growth and adoption of it from a community perspective, but it is an amazing tool. You can see every single system call that happens, not only on the single nodes, but every single node that you installed their daemon set on. I don't know of any other tool that can do that in the native capability of, of eBPF. I will go on record. I'd love to challenge anybody to bring their tool against Falco. We will win every single time. Yeah, I don't know of one, so that, that's great. Let's actually dive into those rules for a minute, though. You said that Falco comes, it, it analyzes and inspects all the activity, the syscalls that are happening, and then Falco ships with a set of default rules, but you can write your own. What types of rules does it ship with? What can it protect against? There's a multitude of rules that you have. And also, you know, we have the security hub.dev where you can grab rules for things like Nginx or etcd or those types of things. So yes, I mean, those are already come out of the box in terms of the rule sets, but you can also augment it with your own. I mean, there's even like folks building things for like FluentD or Elasticsearch and those type of things, or even like for specific CVEs for, like I said, I mentioned earlier, you know, there was a run C container breakout a year ago, right? Look at that. That's basically like Docker D. And, you know, if it's opening right to proc self, those are things that you can have a rule. So you can create a condition and then send that output saying, okay, you know, file descriptor.name is open to write by process. And it shows you then that's doing that. Couple that with something like Falco Sidekick, which basically I can then send outputs to, you know, Nats or Loki or Prometheus or SMTP or Ops Genie or Datadog if I need to. At the end of the day, you know, you could do a ton of that stuff. So the rule sets are, you know, are a plenty that come out of the box that are doing things for, you know, file intrusions or network intrusions or proc inclusions. And, and then again, like we even created ones that like map to like the MITRE ATT&CK framework. So you don't have to do the guesswork there. And then if you decide, hey, you know what? I don't want to have to build all these integrations. That's where you look at our, you know, Sysdigs commercial tool. So Sysdigs commercial tool basically has vulnerability management, you know, native Kubernetes network policy capability, you know, the runtime capability, but also an audit capability of like everything that's going on. So, you know, both tools, if you look at it, the commercial offers are all based on an open source core. I know of no other project out there or company that's based specifically on that capability. How much security expertise do I need to have in order to run Falco? So like, I'm wondering if I'm a small startup and a couple of people, but I don't have any dedicated security personnel and I'm running managed Kubernetes in the cloud somewhere, what you just described in the rule set is great. But if I don't understand what some of those rules are actually protecting against, what's the learning curve to get started? So, I mean, again, it's always a culture thing as well, because look, developers or operations folks are not going to know about all of the, you know, security capabilities out there. If you look at, I think there was a panel that the discussion with Ian Coldwater and Duffy and, and Mark Eisman and all those, you know, there's a lot of best practices out there. You know, the Falco rule set has a default set of rule sets that we feel are kind of the best practices that are out there. So you can adopt those and pick those up very quickly. You know, and the other part of that too is you can basically like, utilize that security hub like I talked about and grab new rules as you go. So that's the the capability. Now, 
the other part of this too is if you decide, hey, look, I don't want to have to create all of these integrations as a, as a tool and all of those things, then that's where you would probably flex to our commercial tool to be able to do that. However, again, the open source out of the box has a ton of these, you know, kind of uh, security paradigms that you're going to need anyway. So like from a runtime perspective, like I said, with file or network or, you know, specific applications, or even if you're running on a cloud provider, you know, we can audit Kubernetes audit log capabilities, right? So think about this. If I spin, let's just say I'm a startup and I spin up, you know, a replicated cluster of Kubernetes, I'm going to have a best practice based on runtime right there. However, if I want like, benchmarks and vulnerability management and runtime capabilities, kind of that full workflow, then I would probably look into Cystic's commercial tool. So we're all running Kubernetes right now and Falco makes total sense. Like what tools did this replace? What existed before we were on Kubernetes that people would use to solve the same problem? So, I mean, it was a, a, probably a lot of different tools, right? I mean, you know, if you look at it, you would use, you know, audit D capabilities, some of those capabilities to be able to do that. But again, because containers are black boxes, you don't have the context. That's the beauty of this. So basically in output, I can say this thing happened in pod A that happened in cluster B. You know what I mean? I have the context that they are because basically the Falco daemon set is interfacing with the cube APIs to be able to tell you, okay, this is, you know, replicated pod one that's running in cluster B, those type of things, right? So that's the thing. So, I mean, you could have utilized all types of older tools to be all that. I and mean, there's, a, you know, there's a ton out there. I'm not going to name all of them, you know, LSOF, those types of things, like, you know, OS query that are, that are, you know, specific to just querying, but they're not able to do like behavioral capability. So again, there's a ton of legacy tools, but also, I mean, you can use Falco in, on a standard host as well. So you can utilize that. So, you know, it runs the gamut. It's cool. So I can actually just run it without Kubernetes if I wasn't running Kubernetes yet. Correct. It runs as a system D on the host itself. So, yeah. And we have, again, if you go to falco.org, the installation tools are right there. So You talk about the custom rule sets that I can write. Once I have Falco up and running, I can create my own custom rule sets to protect against things that I know about or like that are important to me. Do you have any examples or stories that you might be able to share around like unexpected use cases where, you know, you saw somebody using it in a creative way and you're like, wow, that's actually, we didn't think about that when we built Falco. I've told the story on a couple other podcasts, but it's so phenomenal. I love it so much. And I'll say it again. So basically there was this very large investment bank that we worked with. And this is where we came up with what I mentioned earlier, the whole MITRE attack framework uh, capabilities mapping Falco rules to it. They had 36 rules that they wanted to create. They gave it to us on a Monday. We had it very like 24 of them were available to them by Wednesday, and the 26 were done by the Thursday of that week. Phenomenal. And again, the, the rule sets, like, you know, it checks, we can set, check for like, you know, sim links, ownership changes, you know, executing shell binaries, SSH binaries, core util executables, login binaries. They were like, all of these things check the box. So they were able to create those rules at all using the Falco of rule syntax very quickly. That's one of my favorite stories because, you know, the end user utilized Falco and then actually uplifted to the commercial tool because they needed other capabilities, all based on the power of Falco's rule sets. And the syntax was so simple for them to create them. It's cool. I assume the rule sets are just YAML at the end of the day that you're writing, right? Correct. And, you know, again, we have, you know, default local rule sets there that you can, you know, discern. And, you know, what I'm trying to do, and that's something, you know, I think we'll talk about a little later, but having folks contribute more. So we'll talk about a roadmap as well, but we're trying to make it more easier for folks to sandbox and create rule sets and then contribute those back. I would love it if Replicated had a default set of like, 
and I'm sorry, I'm going to put you on the spot, Mark, but uh, they have default set of rule sets that we can include in, in Falco and then say anybody who's running Falco, these are the default rules that you would get that are omitting things that are like processes that need to happen from a replicated perspective. I would love that. So giving that to Amazon, for Amazon to do that for Fargate or something like that, because we can also support Fargate clusters and serverless and those types of things. So those are the things I'd like to see more folks contributing from that rule set capability. I mean, that makes sense. I think there's a, a huge... Getting everything baked into the defaults is super important and making it so when I spin up a Kubernetes cluster, I should just have Felco and I should just have default rule sets running. It shouldn't be I create a Kubernetes cluster and now I have to think about which security framework I'm going to add in. Well, that's the beauty of it. We already ship you with a ton of them. And then, you know, if you go to securityhub.dev, you'll have, you know, a ton of best practices there and folks contributing back into that as much as possible. So, yeah, you, you know, you have that because again, all rules. Creating a rule, you need these keys. You need rules, conditions, descriptions, and prioritization. And, you know, so basically there's conditions that you can do. You can version them as well. So I see folks using things like, you know, Terraform or something like that to be able to create these rules and then say, okay, you know, this is 1.2 and this CVE came out. Let's call this 1.3 and this will address this. So almost using uh, Falco rules as code, you know, we have that capability. We want to extend that out as well. Then how do I, like, if I'm running Falco and I get alerted that, like, there's activity in my cluster that's this CVE, does the security hub.dev or does Falco or is this more of a commercial offering assisting help me understand what that means to me, like what the risk is to me, what I should do to remediate against that capabilities or anything like that? Great question. So again, if you're looking at Falco as itself, this is this detection and audit capability there, right? So it's going to tell you. Then you can use like something like Falco Sidekick, which again is an open source project, to send it out to something like Nats or or have it run like let's say a Lambda process that's going to you know do some type of action. So there's that on the commercial tool. You have the capability of using those Falco rule sets, then have it trigger an action like stopping the container, pausing the container, or running like a webhook which you can, by the way, run a webhook even on the Falco side to have it do an action of some sort, right? So that's what I see as the capabilities that, you know, the, in terms of remediation, so understanding what's going on. If you talk about that CVE that happened, if I didn't have that capability to even detect that, which is something like, you know, signals that are different than the application that should normally do, then I would want to have that. But again, if you look at this in terms of a detection and, and auditing and those types of things, prevention is not enough. You need, you know, complementary and not mutually exclusive approaches as well. Is the team at Sysdig responsible for creating those default rules in the security hub.dev? Or like you mentioned, you take contributions. Where are those coming from? Uh, security researchers. I mean, look, I, I mentioned Brad Giesman earlier. He contributed a you know a rule set that fixed you know an issue with registries, you know specific container registries that was addressed by him. What I would like to see this year, and we you know we're we're actually working on making the rule sets easier to digest and have like you know sandbox capabilities so you can go and play around and create your rules. I want to see more people outside contributing. I want to see security researchers create new rule sets that are out there. And companies like Amazon's, Google's of the world, the replicators of the world, you know, that are just like, hey, you know, I want to uh, kind of contribute this rule because I saw this in my cluster. I want to be able to do that. So that's what I see. And that's, again, part of the thing. If you, you know, talk about my CNCF blog I wrote earlier, to me, I want to see more contribution. I want to see more adoption because at the end of the day, I want to see uh, Falco. We all want to see Falco grad as a graduated project, just like Kubernetes and Prometheus, because we feel strongly that it is the best runtime behavioral engine on the planet. 
Yeah, and I think there's something interesting too. You know, these CVEs that come out in Kubernetes, yeah, uh, they get announced, but they've been under embargo for a while and cloud providers and upstream distributions have an opportunity to patch them, which is great before like the details are disclosed. Does the rule set in Falco, do you have a path where you're going to be able to start like having the rules to detect a CVE on day zero of the announcement? So in terms of CVEs, like we have a security research team that's creating, you know, these blogs and on the capabilities of the Falco rule sets and those are merged as the beauty of open source, right? Is they're merged into those fa- local Falco rule sets. Again, I mentioned Kaize Hung. He kind of created, you know, one based on that CVE I mentioned earlier. Or like if you look at our security hub, there's ones like, you know, 2019-5736, which is in like a MITRE mitigation for a runtime capability. So, I mean, to answer your question, uh, you know, in terms of the, the embargo process, we work with uh, hyperscalers. We work with, you know, the companies that are out there to be able to help address those things and be part of, you know, the overall kind of uh, CVE process whenever possible. Cool. So that makes sense. Let's transition for a minute and chat about just the roadmap of the project. Today, Falco is an incubation project. You mentioned you want to see a path to graduation. Can you talk a little bit about like the timeline and the requirements and what Sysdig is doing to help push that agenda? So we're just as prone to any other, um, you know, the TOC kind of capability of, of trying to get us fitted into that. We've done a ton of work in the year. Like we've migrated, for instance, to a proud process, which is phenomenal. We wrote, there's a blog on it to be able to do handle our build process and all of that. That's been great. And so like we're adhering to the CNCF process for getting graduated. But in terms of roadmap capability, like we're going to donate, you know, LinSP, you know, capabilities to the CNCF so other people can utilize the capability to do like LinSCAP and LinSP, LinSP capability. That's the, you know, kind of the first thing. The other things we're trying to do again is get more contribution and adoption. I mean, we had over 20 million downloads last year. And so it's just been phenomenal in terms of like the utilization, but I want to see, I only have like 12 adopters right now. And I'm like, wait, I know there's a lot more people utilizing, you know, Falco. I'd love to see more in terms of the adopters. So having people make it easy so people understand. That's my gospel and mission this year is to make sure folks are contributing and they feel part of this Falco familia. We're doing such an amazing thing. And so having people involved in it, just if you think about like Kubernetes, you know, I'm part of the Kubernetes community. I'm part of the contributors. I love that community. Everybody in that community is phenomenal. They want to help people get through. And we're trying to get Falco to be the, the a place for that as well. You know, last year they did a ton in terms of, you know, getting it in a place for us to be graduated. And, and I see this year us, you know, creating more capabilities to make it easier to adopt and uh, contribute as well as adhere to whatever the CNCF requirements are for being graduated. And outside of the security researchers that you have, um, when you talk about just engineering effort that goes into building Falco, do you have a dedicated team? How many are there folks working full time on the open source Falco project at Sysdig? Or is it really just kind of split among the engineering team as part of the Sysdig platform? No, we have dedicated engineers. We talk about, again, uh, Leonardo de Donato. Um, we have Leonardo Grasso. We have Lorenzo Fontana. We have, a, you know, engineers. There's also, you know, folks uh, on the main commercial team that will contribute because we feel strongly that open source is always the core of what we do. And we've, you know, we have dedicated folks, but also we, there's an expectation that the engineers will work on it. But also beyond that, we have contributions from IBM, AWS, you know, uh, VMware, Mattermost. I mean, if you look at our, you know, CNCF stats, there's companies all over doing it. 
I would love to see replicated on that list, to be honest with you, Mark. I mean, you know what I mean? So like at the end of the day, it's like, you know, I want more people to contribute. I want to understand where they're utilizing it. But, you know, again, any project, if you think any successful project, if you think of the Prometheus or the Helms of the world, those type of things, they didn't just have like a certain set of, they had a high level maintainers, but they had folks contributing all over the world. And that's what I would love to see. That's fair. Like, we're going to get replicated on that list too, because like we run Kubernetes and, you know, obviously enterprise, you know, Kubernetes distribution security is super important. And like Falco is a part of what we're doing right now. So um, we should do that. And, and I'm a big fan of you all. I mean, original deployments are backend used to utilize um, replicated. It's a great tool. And anybody out there, again, I'll give you a shameless plug for you all. But uh, it's just so quick to be able to like just run, you know, process to get, you know, your applications that might have been running in a SaaS from an on-prem capability. I mean, I haven't seen you, you all capabilities recently, but I was so floored with that. I got to be kind of a replicated expert because when I originally started with Sysdig, I was wearing many hats. I was deploying, you know, doing customer success, marketing, all that stuff. And so uh, I really had fun with Replicated. And I appreciate working with your support teams. You're, you're a phenomenal team over there. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. And it's, it's fun as being a part of a startup like Sysdig, um, where early on you, you wear all these hats and you actually find the one thing. You said, you know, you were a field CTO and then you were able to spend enough time on the revenue side and go find this like open source community project that you just wanted to like spend all your time doing and being able to like eventually stop wearing all these hats and being able to like put some focus in. Yeah. And, but you know what I love though? Like I love speaking and being with end users. It's my favorite thing in the world. I love just sitting down with a customer and saying, I solved this problem this way and I use your solution this way. Tell me what's out there. My favorite part of my day is doing that. It's not being in meetings. It's not like, uh, you know, coding. It's sitting there with somebody from, you know, Bloomberg or something like that, where they're doing such amazing things and you're just floored by what they're doing. That to me is worth the price of admission. And I love that my new role, I get to do more of that and interact with the financials, the the pharmas and any end user that's out there in the world. I'm not just limited to a specific geo now. I'm, I'm literally now all over the world and I'm so excited for that. Yeah, I imagine, you know, being so deep in the security ecosystem and in Kubernetes puts you in a unique place where, you know, you have developers for these large regulated industries that want to adopt Kubernetes, but they're hitting these obstacles inside their org. And, you know, you can actually unblock those and like create a path to like more Kubernetes adoption inside these large regulated industries and organizations. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, there was just a stat, um, you know, usage stat that looked at it was like almost $1.6 trillion lost or something on like, you know, either misconfiguration or cybersecurity. So think about that. People are looking like they, you know, even legacy hosts, there's cybersecurity issues and all of those things. And then you couple it with adding like an abstraction layer on top with Kubernetes. That's, I think, the power of, of things like Falco and the other tools that are out there um, is that capability to give that peace of mind, kind of give that um, confidence in running, you know, your cloud native pursuits. Yeah. You know, even the SolarWinds Orion hack that, you know, was in the news recently, no, nobody, like no organization today controls the supply chain of all of the software that's running in. You know, we're all relying on either open source or commercial software running, and those have their own supply chains. And so having something like Falco running in the cluster, which is able to like, you know, do more than just query those vendors and projects to figure out if they've been impacted, but be able to like have some confidence in it is really empowering. There's no truer place than the kernel to be able to look at that stuff. If a binary is doing something out of the ordinary, Falco will tell you. If it's writing to a directory it shouldn't be, Falco will tell you. 
So, you know, at the end of the day, like you can't just rest on your laurels on having a vulnerability, like, you know, this container scanning thing from those things. It's great to have that because again, you need protection from all layers. You're not going to like build a wall. You know, if you have a castle, you're going to build a moat around your castle that not just on one side of the castle. So at the end of the day, that's the thing. Wow. Did I just go Game of Thrones? Anyway. uh, Yeah. So. And so, you know, going back to the CNCF landscape and being able to move to a graduated project, you mentioned a couple of things. You mentioned adoption and contributors. You, you talked a little bit about, you know, various contributors and, you know, we, we definitely have to like make some contributions that, that we'd like to actually see in there too. Um, but you said that there were only so many listed, like I think you mentioned 12 listed adopters right now. Yeah, those are adopters. Yeah. And I don't think we had a focus you know, on it because people are using it, but I want to see more of, of that. Even the adopters that we have are no, you know, Shopify is one, right? Um, you know, those are ones that are, that are part of our adopters list and it's growing. So it's, you know, I want to try to get more folks talking their user stories. They're using, utilizing Falco. How are they using it? And so that's part of my job is I want to be in there, interact with them. And that's exactly what I mentioned earlier is talking to, you know, end users of Falco and seeing how they're using it, it's the highlight of my day. So I, I really want to do more of that. And so helping the folks like understand what Falco does and hey, um, having issues with deployments and want to understand how to fix it. I want to be able to channel those and help to address those things. Yeah. I mean, that, that's one of the just challenges of open source in general is, you know, you know, there are people out there using it and that that's great. And that's what you set off to solve. But then you often just don't get a lot of information about who's using it and how, like there's some stories you're definitely missing and, you know, not knowing the full extent of what it's being used for is it's just in general, a challenge of open source. Yeah. And I think I, and I'm going to plug shameless plug podcast. Uh, everyone just follow podcast pop on Twitter. You'll see links there, but um, on my podcast, I had, you know, HashiCorp folks on. And, you know, they were talking about, like, they don't build crippleware, right? So, like, there's capabilities in Falco that's going to do a ton of capability. And, you know, if there's things that you need to do, like, you know, from an adoption perspective, they, they know that they're folks that will never buy commercial tool from an open source perspective, right? It's just, they're not going to buy it. They're going to utilize that. But there are also larger implementations, larger en- enterprises that need additional capabilities. That's where they may go with a commercial tool. But if they can then extend you know, the basics, the underlying engine here through an open source platform like Falco does. I don't know of any other vendor that has, a, you know, that does that or a project that does that. I mean, if again, going back to the adopters list, if you think of Booz Allen, Covio, Frame.io, GitLab, Logs.io, Shopify, all of those folks that are utilizing as an adopter of Falco, they're, they're using it as a core capability of, of doing runtime protection for their Kubernetes or cloud native hosts. Do you ever have to think about enhancements or features in Falco and have an internal conversation with the product team wondering, like, is this actually going to take away sales from the commercial offering if we make this open source? Um, no, because we do everything out in the open. And also, like, we have key contributors that are part of our community meetings that are on the commercial side. So, I mean, look, you're going to balance the things that are necessary, but you're also going to balance the thing that the community is asking for. I think we've done a really good job of it. At the end of the day, Falco is what it is. It's an underlying rules engine with a default set of rules and a default set of outputs that you can extend with Falco Sidekick, period. That's what we do, and we do it really well. And we're going to extend those capabilities, make it easier to adopt, make it easier to contribute. But um, at the end of the day, there's commercial capabilities that we use with uh, Sysdig Secure that extend the capability even further based on that open source core. So I think one of the messages here is if you are an adopter, if you are using Falco open source, let's get you listed so that we can actually help push the Falco project through to the graduation phase. 
And we're in Kubernetes Slack right now. There's a Falco channel. Join the channel. Talk to us about what you're doing. That's the best way. And, you know, if you're running into, hey, you know, I'm having issues with, you know, getting this deployed, let us know. Or, hey, I want to create a rule set. How do I do it? How do I go back and contribute back? That's what we'd like to see. And again, you know, shameless plug for that CNCF blog we wrote. It really should, you know, are the things that we're looking to do. I'm trying to get more folks uh, to utilize it and also tell their stories. How are they using it? What are they doing with it? So I'm excited to interface with you all. I'm in there constantly. I always check it. Uh, my wife tells me I have to put my phone down, but I don't care. I love what I do. So I'm always looking at my phone and wanting to help people. That's great. Yeah, and we'll definitely make sure we link to the that CNCF uh, blog post in the show notes here. So what, outside of, you know, more contributors and more named adopters, what's on the roadmap? What do we look forward to in 2021 for the Falco project and feature sets? First, I would implore you to join our community meetings because you can help shape what we're doing from a roadmap perspective. I mean, at the end of the day, we're doing a ton. Like I said, the biggest majority of the things is doing that donation for Linus P., um, the libraries to the CNCF, that's first and foremost. But also, again, make it easier to adopt. You know, talking about the rule sets that, you know, make it easier for, for folks to do rules, creating a sandbox capability. We also have a VS Code integration now for creating rules that um, that's being merged in. That was from a contributor from the, actually the assistant commercial team, which is awesome. So, I mean, there's so much extent then the capabilities also, you know, making it, you know, easier so there's no dropped syscalls. Uh, we're doing a lot of that to fine-tune the backend. We're also doing a ton to, you know, to enhance, like, you know, the creation through something called driver kit of, like, kernels that are being created from an eBPF perspective. Because, you know, that tap that we have uses eBPF, but it's constantly looking at specific kernels, versions of kernels to be able to do that. So the boys have done, uh, and the community has done a ton of amazing work, but the, we're just going to look to doing more enhancements of that as well. So it's just, it's phenomenal. And then also... I love, I'm going to do a shameless plug for Thomas. Um, Thomas is one of the guys that works on Sidekick. And so Sidekick, again, is this integration between various outputs of, of it. He created almost 23, in the community, created almost 23 outputs in a matter of less than six to eight months. It's phenomenal, the growth of that. So I'm really proud of that. And lastly, we're revamping our website to make it easier for folks to interact with Falco, to do things like have like, you know, a specific developer level, you know, questions answered from an API perspective. So again, doing a lot of things to help with adoption and also fine tuning the engine and rule sets to make it easier for folks to utilize Falco. That's cool. Yeah, the Sidekick project sounds like really cool. I think, you know, having alerting when these events happen is really powerful, obviously. Like, that's where everything starts. But, like, what really matters at the end of the day is making sure the right people get notified and not have to, like, carry another application or open up something else. So integrating into that existing tool set is is really cool. Actually, probably one of the big drivers for, for Falco adoption is the Sidekick project. I would say that, and as well as like, you know, the integrations that we have with like, if you think about AWS capabilities of Fargate, uh, we're seeing a lot of traction from that perspective as well. Um, again, kudos to Jonah Jones. He's one of the contributors who works at AWS. That dude's been phenomenal. Another person is uh, Carlos Panado. Another, I got to give shout outs to him as well. Uh, Carlos Panado is at Matter Most. And now he's uh, he's at Vaymore Tanzu and he is phenomenal. So he's created, I think he did over 30 PRs in a matter of a month. He's like a helm expert. And so, yeah, it's just been great. It's like, I love seeing the community grow. Uh, you know, I'd love to see, you know, again, anybody who's listening to this, pop at cystic.com or, you know, popcast pop or Dan pop NYC on Twitter, reach out to me. I, you know, I want to make you part of this project. 
Um, one thing, the shameless plug today, somebody actually contributed a um, running Falco in WSL2. If anybody's familiar, that's, you know, Windows subsystem for Linux running on Windows 10. I was floored by this. They compiled their own kernel to be able to do this. And they provided a step-by-step log on how to do it. So you geeks out there that want to have, like me, that want to have this in a sandbox and want to kick the tires, uh, this is your best bet. That's pretty intense. Like, you know, running Windows, running WSL with Linux in a custom kernel to have it all, all available locally on your laptop. That's pretty cool. Did you ever see the movie Inception? You got to spin that top. You know, you're spin, <laughs> spinning the top right now. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's amazing. The last thing I'd love to chat about is just like, if, if I don't have Felco right now, maybe, you know, it's new to me or I've been exploring it. What's the best way for me to get started? Like, should I just dive right in, install it, custom rules, get everything out of the box, hook up some integrations with Sidekick? Or is there is there a path that you've seen work really, really well for new adoption of Felco? That's exactly it. You know, again, we have support on Kind or Minikube if you want to kick the tires there. Or, hey, if you want to spin up like a GKE cluster and run or, you know, manage cluster or what, or even run it on a single host, like, you know, you can run this locally and, and have this run. So that's what I see folks doing and then being able to say, okay, I created this rules. I know what this thing does because now I'm seeing the stream of events happening uh, from the kernel. And now I can create these rule sets because I understand what's going on in, in terms of the conditions of these rule sets. So to me, that's that's the easiest way for somebody to get started is installing it, understanding what the outputs are, creating rule sets, and then you know using something like a Falco sidekick or something like that to output that to whatever mechanism they want. Like let's say they want a Slack alert or something like that. And that's what I see as the easiest way for somebody to adopt it. And got everybody, just go to falco.org. It has all the steps that are there. And if you need anything, we are in the Kubernetes Falco channel on Kubernetes Slack. So we'd love to help you all. We, I want to see all of you in that channel that's listening to this. And uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, it's definitely, it is pretty straightforward and easy. I mean, we've, we have it installed and I can actually just speak to the fact that like it is watching and alerting for things that like we have no other way to like monitor for today. So like it's a critical part. I definitely recommend it. Laura says the kernel doesn't lie. And I agree with that. It doesn't lie. You're going to see things that, you, you know, now we're going to see. But then the whole thing is the power of it. And we want to make it easier for you to say, okay, we see all these things. Now, what can I do with that information? This year is the year that we make it way more easier for you all to do. Just like, again, I would say at the beginning of last year, it was a little more difficult for you to install Falco. We made it a lot more easier. And our, now our plug right now is how can we make it easier for people to output or create rule sets or, you know, deploy the core engine? That's the big thing we're trying to do here. And also just, you know, grow out some of the capabilities based on what the community requirements are. Uh, so do you think we might see Falco apply for graduation sometime this year? It's our hope and it's what we're shooting for. But again, I want to see more adoption out there, but absolutely, I would love to see this. And again, being a CNCF ambassador as well, I have to be agnostic to all the projects that are out there, but I just, I love this project. I would not have moved from, I, you know, I love the job that you know, I did assisting and I love this job here because I feel so strongly about this project and I feel so strongly about the community's adoption of it. It's great. Yeah. I mean, look, we love everything that Sysdig's been doing. been around early in the Kubernetes ecosystem. The Falco project is great in contributing that as a CNCF project is awesome. The podcast is, is a great podcast. I would encourage anybody who's listening to like go follow on Twitter and subscribe to the podcast. You have some good stuff planned for this year, I think. Yeah, so season two is here. So if anybody who hasn't listened to the podcast, the podcast is basically where you know I looked at this as an opportunity to like connect people, the humans behind the code. But um, yeah, it's been a godsend, and I, I'm really happy about the podcast success and uh, just being out there in the community. 
Yeah, that's great. It's good work on it too. I mean, it's definitely gone from brand new to one of the ones that I look forward to and subscribe to all the time too. Appreciate your checks in the mail. <laughs> all right. Is there anything else that you want to talk about about Falco, Sysdig, anything? Nah, just uh, go out there and use Sysdig and, uh, and I appreciate the opportunity to talk to you today. That's all we have time for today. If you're the maintainer of a CNCF project and would like to be a guest on this show, head over to kubelist.com. To learn more about Heavybit, visit heavybit.com to check out the library. It's packed with amazing talks and content on sales, marketing, product, and more for founders of developer tools companies. And this podcast is brought to you by my company, Replicated, where we enable cloud-native software vendors to operationalize and scale the distribution of their modern on-prem software to their largest enterprise customers. Check us out at replicated.com.